This episode of Strange Grooves is sponsored by McGill's. Make sure you check out their new acoustic deep dives. On Wednesday night. On Wednesday night. We love Wednesday nights. We love Wednesday nights. And uh, they also have some other great music-related events. Yeah, so Tuesday nights, if you're looking for something, they've got Open Mic with Ryan Guttrow. Friday night, DJ Jay Demi, if you're looking for the nightclub scene. They've really got a little bit of everything down there. Comedy, salsa dancing, nightclub, whatever you want. There's so much stuff going on. And food from the Ale House. Um, Yeah. So, So, yeah. If you're in St. John, what the hell are you doing? Go to McGill's. Welcome back, Strange Crew. You are tuned into another trip through life's deep cuts. We hope you enjoy the ride. Hey, you're listening to Volume 74 of the Strange Crew's podcast. I'm Sherry Slutson. I'm Kate Milbury. And before we bring you our interview with Doug Anderson, we'd like to give a special shout out to our patrons. Owen Green, Mike Hawkins, Matt Lutzen, Mallory Kelly, Kristen Monroe, Kaylin Capson, Colin Walshutes, Jill Hamer, James Mullinger, and our newest Patreon subscriber, Evan Lenny. Yay! Thank you all so much. We couldn't be able, we wouldn't be able to do what we do without you. Yeah, we're we're doing a lot. There's a lot of new folks uh, joining. You might have seen a post quote today from Owen Green, new yeah. post by Jill Hamer. Um, his son Adam Green is going to have a post going out later this week. Lots of great shows. Um, yeah, there's lots of stuff going on. So we really appreciate your support because it not only supports just our show and everything that's happening within it, but a lot of other people that are now able to express their love of music. So if that might be you, um, please just check out our website um, at the very top of the right hand corner, um, Patreon slash Strange Grooves, and you'll find us there. Hell yeah. And also shout out to our buds at print three uh big shout out to uh dan and everybody at hopscotch whiskey bar you guys keep showing us a great time we love it so much yeah we can't wait for our next event there yeah we're really pumped um heartbreak boutique and backstreet records and one other uh person i'd like to give a shout out to real quick is the art warehouse hazel so oh, hazel's yeah. gonna be coming on the show here soon awesome um and we will be doing something pretty fun at the art warehouse coming up in the next couple of months so yeah. stay tuned for that yes that's awesome cool but until then, here's our interview. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Concert grilled cheeses. Fuck, they're good. Right, good. Done. Hi. <laughs> Thank nice you. intro. Thank you so much for having us over into your humble abode. I'm excited to have you. You, you forced me to clean. That's, oh yay! That's yeah. always something like a great motivator. Like every time I have like co- more than one person coming over or like a party, I'm like, oh great, ten Man's second like, tidy. Yeah, like I lean out the clown right. mat and yep. like try to look presentable. Like it's yeah, always a do great your stretches while you're at it. Yeah, you lay on the floor. Like <laughs> don't open any of my closets. It's, it's all just crammed. It's crammed. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's everything's just stuffed in the trunks. This is basically my garbage holding. So, but okay. yes, thank you. It for, works. It looks yeah. great. So thank you so much for having us into your home. I'm excited to have you guys over. And cheers to the Sussex. Yeah, cheers to that. We got the Sussex Ginge. We only drink Sussex. Yeah, it's really good. And you know what? I don't mind the Big 8. Big 8's pretty nice. Yeah, we don't hate it. Never had it. Yeah, it's it's not bad. Never had it. Ginger ale with a little bit of cranberries, not too bad. Mm. It's not too bad. 
good shit. But yeah, I just, thank I you. just drink it straight. Thank you for being a ginger drinker like I me. I am the ginger drinker. I really ever appreciate since, it. Ever since childhood, it's been the Sussex Golden. Me too. Me too. And it's funny because like my dad, he was always a Canada Dry, and I'd be like, no, I don't want. Like, no. My dad. You have to go Sussex to a different Golden. store. Or, a different spot, but luckily, like some of the spots started serving both, like deluxe. Yeah, like, deluxe. They, they deluxe. knows their clientele. Okay. Hell yeah. What can I say? When I was younger, I would drink Crown Royal with this and only this. When I didn't know what I was drinking, mm-hmm. and then I just kind of weaned out the Crown Royal. And just <laughs> yeah. Stuck <with> the pop. <laughs> yeah. Like this isn't maybe that good. It could Why do I really like this? <laughs> yeah, yeah so I prefer this without the the Crown Royal. Awesome. So. As you, again, people, listeners won't be able to see this right away, but they'll see it on the blog. You are a huge vinyl collector. I have some records. You have, <laughs> you've actually been requested quite a bit, and I was oh, really? starting. Yeah, I was starting to That's kind sweet. of tell Sharice a little bit about like some of the things we've been to and stuff like that. And one of the things that I kind of said is that bef- right before Strange Group started, you were one of the top people, like top people that I was like in that group of people they have to be on the show mm. um, and for whatever reason it's taken over two and a half years which is has it been two and a half years since we started Strangers yeah. yeah which is really fucking crazy this is this is episode 74 so we've done a lot of random things and stuff I'm episode 74 okay I have to good things that. come to those who wait baby but it's just like now we're really taking the time to really figure out what people want to know whether it's from your tape collection your radio show the record collection shows you're going to whatever now we've got mm-hmm. a little bit more inside us to what we want to talk about as well aside from just being like dub music guy so I, would never bring... want to be, I wouldn't have wanted to be episode one that's what you're we saying were, we were just episode one yeah, we, we, <laughs> we were episode one we were right nice we were, that's... sometimes we do cute little episodes yes we do together yes but when you can't find a, a rushed guest that or sometimes we just don't fucking want to deal with it and we just want to hang out and shoot the shit and talk about music we like just instead of what everybody else likes pretentious assholes <laughs> and we found that out a lot lately you know like especially like let's say folks that you know maybe have a, a bigger say in the record purchasing right um, industry they've got a lot more of an opinion they on, do and like I think there's a lot of um not a lot of it because we've met so many amazing, kind, great record Absolutely. collectors. Yeah. But I think there's definitely um, we'd be lying if we said we didn't encounter like some snobbery. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or some sometimes just like what the f- why? Why? Right. Why? Especially being like being, that. Especially being two women too, right? Because yeah. I a lot of people like a lot of it's a lot of the record community. Some places, especially in St. John, is really dominated by by my men. Yeah. And so it's kind of interesting to, from that perspective I mean, as well. I got sucked into the wormhole of the... Do you guys follow the Amoeba Records? Um, What's, What's in, in my, my bag? bag? Yes. I just discovered this. Oh my God. Like last week. And I got sucked into it. And it was cool because some of the guys were actually pulling out records that I had had. And I was like, oh, this is dope. This is so cool. Like, I actually guess I know what I'm doing. So when you asked me to do this, I was like, oh, this is awesome. I can't wait to talk about records but I've also got my tapes and CDs we can kind of look at through all that stuff yeah. too because the trunk that your sound equipment is on is all CDs mm-hmm. and it's mostly from yeah like, Doug's got the goods I love how like you have unique storage like you know like some people and it's also cool too like they have like the full shelves but you're like no I'm gonna like keep it 
I talked yeah, to like it's, it's part of the decor. Cluttered looking. Yeah. yeah. If you have, yeah, for sure. If you have your tapes everywhere, because tapes are stupid. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. no, tapes it's true. are so dumb. Yeah, and I, it's true. I, it started the the tape collection started um, probably three or four years ago when I bought a cassette at a live show, and I didn't have anything to play it on. So I went to Valley Village and I bought myself a cassette component, so I added it to my stereo. And then I started going to like secondhand shops and just building and building and building. And then people that didn't want their tapes started dumping them on me because they heard I was the tape guy. And now I've got right, I know it's disgusting. exciting. Yeah, I know. And the CDs, people are like, why do you still want CDs? But so yeah, I bringing it back to clutter. I have to keep it in the trunks because it's more fun to dig out of a trunk yeah has like a mr dress-up feel to it mm. yeah the tickle yeah. trunk yeah tickle trunk smells. smells the smells yeah and then it's just a i don't know it's, it's an issue of clutter for me like i shouldn't by all rights for a person who hates clutter i shouldn't be a collector of things <laughs> but i'm the same way though like i'm a neat freak but i only have specific niche things that i collect things that are mini records Mm. That's really about all. Yeah. Yeah. Anything space related, NASA, moons, but like it's it's pretty pretty small. So. And it just took like I actually just cleaned out a bunch of records, um, probably about a year ago. Trying to bring, trying to hone it down to just the ones I really really want, and not just the ones I just kind of bought as a joke or. A curiosity buy like I don't know what this is all about so I'm going to buy it and check it out which there's been some royal triumphs like when you buy some of those records or yeah, oh yeah. CDs. yeah like sure. go to Valley Village and just grab like literally a handful of, like a mitt full of CDs and you throw them in your card like oh this could be good never heard of this never heard of that and for a buck or something like that you can find some really cool bands like I found like uh, did you ever listen to the Ravenettes the Ravenettes they sound familiar. Yeah, they're mm. super. They're a super fun band. And I found them at Valley Village. And huh. I was like, I can't believe I've never heard of them before. Like, they're just this is a really super fun rock and roll band. Um, so yeah, a little. It's all about digging. Right, right. So when did you start collecting music? Uh, I started buying records. Oh, 1992. It was nice. the, first, the first record I ever bought, and it's in my 7 inches. Yes. Okay, 7 inch. I bought a 7 inch. And it we was, got the goods. And it was NFA. So, NFA stood for, for Not Funny Anymore, or Not From Athens, or Nasal Face Antenna, or Necrofeline Assault. It was a band from Hampton, and it was Jay Ogden. From, That's so sick. Yeah, it was Jay Ogden and, and, <laughs> and Andrew Earl. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I still have it. It's right here. So, NFA playing Hell with Your Faith EP. And my favorite oh my song God. on it is Puppet Show. And Puppet Show used to be the super popular. Um, there's a picture of it. Um, so, that's the first record I ever bought. And it's still with me. You can still find them every once in a while at Backstreet. Really? That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Um, and they played at a band called, or at a, a venue called Thumpers, which is where, what's there now? 
it's right next to like Gahan House down on Water Street and everything. Um, so they were playing with a band called the Smugglers, Cub, and the Handsome Brothers, and they were opening. So that was the first punk show I ever went to. Um, and the first punk record I ever bought. And then I didn't buy them for like a million years, so I didn't start collecting until uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine bought me a record player for Christmas in 2004 or five. I've always been interested in them, but I never bought that. I always stuck with CDs. And uh, I'm kind of going in reverse. Like I, I had the CDs, and then I went records, and then I went tapes. And the records are always kind of... It has to be a pretty special record to to buy now because I just don't like the weight. Right. So that's the same way, yeah. Yeah, like, so how would you, because we've talked to, like, again, so many collectors and everyone has seems to have, like, a different strategy or, like, way they curate their collection. So up until the, like, up until now, like, were you kind of just, like, buy any, buy, you know, vinyl that looked cool or did you only buy records that have bands you liked? Like, how was your, what, what's your approach? Okay, so here's a, the fun way is before before the internet <laughs> we uh, a buddy of mine Matt Seeley uh, who he, he'll probably come up a couple of times in this podcast actually because he's a he's a guy I, I haven't seen in, in years uh, but he kind of introduced me into a couple of bands that I'm, I'll, I'll show you um, we had this competition in high school where we would go to Backstreet Records uh, with our allowances or just whatever dollars we had and we'd go in and we'd go to the section we'd flip through and we'd pick out a CD and of course we weren't able to research what the band was because there was no there wasn't even MySpace or anything like that we had no idea what these bands were so we were kind of going by cover or we might have heard of one song because his um, one of his buddies Gavin uh, had a older brother Dean who worked at Campus Radio and we couldn't even get Campus Radio out in Quispam it was too far uh, out of the bandwidth so Dean or Gavin used to steal Dean's albums that he was reviewing for the station and I'm about to burp ginger ale pardon me yes. real time folks that, yeah no editing that out uh, and then Matt would get a hold of that cassette tape so we would have these crazy mixtapes oh, so uh, and then we wouldn't know what the bands were we didn't know what the lyrics were so that's how we discovered Mr. Bungle um, that's how we discovered and that's you know that was how we kind of mixing so we would go to Backstreet we would try to hunt down these bands that we had heard about on the tapes or whatever never found them so we would buy other ones so our competition was whoever bought the coolest album like sound and songs during that uh, I can't remember what the actual prize was but it was just more like bragging rights so I was always going towards like really thrashy death metal stuff and he was going towards punk and uh, so we would always wind up buying these albums we did it like once every couple of weeks so that's, that's how we did it that's how we did it in the past now I kind of um, with records I, I kind of make sure I'm not just buying everything willy-nilly it's really kind of strategic because I I don't want to have too much clutter I want to be able to reach into the, the record pile or reach into my CDs or my tapes and grab anything and I'm going to enjoy it so yeah. it's usually stuff that's been with me for a really long time or uh, and there's certain albums that I bought that I just kind of buy on spec like oh um, the great Sabatini's got a new one coming out out of Montreal I love those guys yeah. and they're friends of mine I'm going to buy it no matter what yeah. and then it just winds up in heavy rotation so 
uh, I guess I just I don't really have a strategy per se I don't do a lot of online buying I kind of stick to what's here at Second Spin and and uh, Backstreet Records and Scheherazade as well I found a few gems there uh, and then flip through at uh, Valley Village every once in a while I think I've only bought three albums um, online I just I should because I would be able to get all the albums I want. I bought just, two, and they were both Lizzo. <laughs> yeah. oh, you You're a Lizzo fan. Eh? I haven't. I actually have not heard Lizzo yet. Oh, don't worry. We will. We will help you with oh, that okay, before good. we leave. Don't yeah, before we leave, don't worry. We'll introduce you. You'll yeah. see the light. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. It would take. I think it takes away from um, the digging part. Is the it's it's almost like smoking, or or any other kind of weird little addiction. It's just like the digging for something and, and finding it on your own here in the city is so cool. Yeah. Or finding it at a record expo or something like that instead of just I know what I want. I don't care what I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to get it in four to six weeks from yeah. Europe, yeah. and it's going to cost me an arm and a leg. And I like finding things for other people, too. And yeah. Like, I like surprising people with vinyl, a.k.a. Charisse. Yeah. <laughs> really, like, all the budget really allows for it. It's not like I'm, like, just making it rain vinyl. I think I have a vinyl for you, actually, a B.A. Johnson vinyl. Sweet. That I bought, like, oh, a yes. year ago for you, and then, like, never gave it to you. So, there you go. There See? you go. I guess I lied, guys. I am making it refine vinyl. But no, I'm kind of the same way with collecting now. Like, before, I used to just, like, digging so much, and then I would just buy... Even if there was just, like, two songs, I would be like, all right, cool, yeah, and I would, like, want to support it or have it in the collection. But then I found in the last two and a half years... I really have to, like, like, aside thoroughly and then, like, really be interested in, like, flipping the other side in order to actually purchase it, especially if it's over, like, $25, which mm. most things are most nowadays, are like, now. Um, unless you get to, unless you go into shows and you're buying it right from the hands of yes, the artist, yeah. which I love doing, and a lot of, a lot of the stuff that I have here is, you know, like, the B.A. Johnson's a perfect example, like, yeah. How else are you going to support a dude like that works that hard? Like, and buys, you know, buys it, shit. and we all know how much it costs. We know the shortage. Like, it's it's hard. You can't. It's not like they're making a killing on their vinyl sales, right? But something I really appreciate is that the shops that are in town don't put a crazy markup, markup on it because, like, for example, there's a new band I recently discovered, uh, Young Gun Silver Fox, and I love them. But they're out hmm. of like the UK, right? But they also made music in California. But most of their stuff is pressed in the UK. So it's hard to find their stuff. Well, Gordy's getting it in for me for twenty five ninety nine. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. And like, yeah. if I tried to order it online myself, even through like a Discogs or like through an Amazon, it was still going to be more expensive. Oh yeah, right? it's slaughtered. It, yeah. yeah. And it's not like it's not like he has the tipping option on his debit machine or anything like that. So mm. we try to do like what we can to show our appreciation. But it's it's interesting, kind of watching the industry change. Where vinyl is such a thing now, and you're kind of seeing people like us, where we used to just go to a, a record expo and drop a few hundred bucks, be like. Mm, I might spend forty or fifty, or maybe a yeah. hundred. Or I have a hard to... time. The, I have a hard time paying more than. Uh, I, I had a number set, and I think it was like forty bucks. So I'm kind of cheapy. Like, yeah. I, I like I. I don't like spending a lot of money on it. Like it's just, it seems so overblown, especially if I have it in other formats. <laughs> like I've got, yeah. you know, I've got it twice on CD and I've got once on cassette and oh, I have to have it on vinyl. But if it's, it's less Claypool, bucks. I don't care what it is, I'll buy it. Like, oh yeah, you're so, yeah. less Claypool fan. Are you going to go see him uh, when he plays down in Maine? It's the tribute to Kings. Ideally, yes. 
yeah, that would be ideal, obviously. Um, but I've been looking at the Oyster Head show at the Greek Theater. Um, because that would be super sick. But main show is definitely, like, easy and could go, but it's just one of those things, like, I have to just... I haven't decided what I'm going to go see for shows yet. There's, uh, Faith No More is playing this summer with Helmet, and they're in Toronto. You see that video going around at the show where buddy throws his friend's ashes up Yeah, the the Mr. Bungle set. That's so cool. That was the... uh, I thought that was so nice. Yeah, hopefully he was a fan. <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe it was just maybe it was just kind of a revenge thing. Maybe he actually hated maybe he hated the raging wrath of the Easter Bunny. Was, that's what they toured with. Yeah, um, I've I've watched I think two or three of uh, those shows. I've been on a huge uh, Mike Patton kick. Uh, mostly just listening to Mr. Mungle, so I watched like two or three of those videos, and I saw the ashes flying up, which was hilarious. I guess it was wrapped in his underwear. Yeah. And then he, like, brings his friend that threw them, I guess, up on stage. Like, I saw that part, and then they're, like, singing together, and it kind of was emotional. I thought that was really nice. Yeah. It's funny to see. Did you... Have you... Like, are you on any, like, the... the, Like, the fan websites? How it's... Like, it was a really divisive uh, set. Like, a lot of people were really angry that they weren't playing, like, all the... I guess you can't use the word popular Mr. Bungle songs because they're really there's there's certainly more liked Mr. Bungle songs or more recognizable ones like people were kind of angry that they played what I've learned about Mike Patton is he'll do what the fuck he wants right and you don't care about what anybody thinks right so it's like it it wouldn't yeah I just I assume people will have something to say I'm just surprised that they would because he's kind of scary I liked it yeah like I, I I like his kind of like his vibe but I've just always heard that he's, like, not super nice, and I kind of like that, because I would never, like, want to meet him, let's say. There are people I want to meet and people I don't want to meet, and I'm fine to just, like, be a fan of his. I was terrified to meet... Uh, there's There was two dudes in my life that I've, I've got uh, a huge um, affinity for. One of them's Henry Rollins, and one of them's Ian MacKay. Uh, I was terrified to meet both of them, because... If one of them was like Henry Rollins is a kind of a, a straightforward, straight laced, no bullshit kind of guy. So and he's also like you don't want to bother him. You don't want to bother him. And the other thing is like, but you want the opportunity to meet him, especially you have it. So I was so scared to meet the guy. Um, except so he walked over to us and it was actually at Fredericton yeah I remember yeah Yeah, I went up with I went up before it was my birthday present he got me a ticket for it and we wound up sitting front row in this uh, for a spoken word and he's an amazing spoken word artist he spoke for probably two and a half hours nonstop, and just sat there and sweated the entire time and uh, after the show he was meeting people and uh, I was terrified to meet him because I was afraid that you know what happens if he's an asshole or he says something rude like that will ruin my Black Flag, that'll ruin the Rollins fan for me, it'll ruin his books, you know. But you want him to be a little bit mean, because that's how Rollins is. But you don't want him to be too mean, because you don't want him to ruin it. And especially with Ian MacKay, too, like, you know, he's a, you know, very straight-laced, no bullshit, very straightforward guy, and I meant that, but I'd be terrified for him to ruin Fugazi for me, or Minor Threat. But they turned out to be both absolute... I guess the thing you have to think of, like, when you're in those 
situations and or opportunities is that they've chosen to put themselves in that place, whether it be Fredericton or wherever, no matter what their stature is, like they're there essentially for you. So like I met him at a cannabis conference last year and and he was a keynote speaker, but like obviously his voice, he's very demanding. Like I've seen him at Rockfest, like the spoken word stuff. And I, I think that's great. Like, but I like he was in the room with like a client of mine and they were talking so I had the opportunity but I didn't want to be like a tool and the way he was literally like he tore his shirt off and was changing and like putting on his like shoes and like <laughs> like he's in the like the corner and everybody else is on the other side and I don't want to go over right but it's just one of those things you have to realize like he chose to be in that spot and mm. saying like hey I, I appreciate your keynote and what the fuck you're talking about thanks for coming appreciate it I listened to your podcast cool if he says go fuck yourself well I guess that's what you I guess I'll do yeah I guess I'll go fuck myself then but like like, I, I kind of just now I put myself in the spot where it's like, what what kind of, like, how are you a tool if you just show your consideration and respect and then admiration mm-hmm. for whether it be a band or an artist or a person? I think it's all about the approach. Like, you don't right? have to come off, like, creepy or, like, oh, my God, I love you so much. You're my favorite. Yeah. yeah. I, you, oh, my you God. I'm such fanboy too much about a fan. It. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think I told him that we shared a birthday and, uh. Of course, that fell on deaf ears. And then, oh yeah, and I remember I was like, uh, "By the way, your your best friend from your childhood uh, played the same venue a few years back." And he's like, "Ian played here." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, with the Evens." So, and so it actually snapped him out of his yeah, kind yeah. of like well, because he he's, kind of he's robotic, right? Because yeah. like you gotta like when I when you gotta think about no matter this any kind of person, the most famous person, whatever they still have an everyday life Mm. and they're almost going into like a moment where they're just like, it's a routine and you want them to be so present with you. And like, hopefully when they announce like, how are you feeling Fredericton that they get the city right. And it's not last night city. Right. But if, if they, if you can get them out of something where you're like, Hey, and you can teach them something or just actually make them appreciate that they're there at their own show. I think that's kind of what makes a click. That's how I've always clicked with people I've gone to see. And like, I'm still, in contact with some of my favorite bands and artists now just because it's not a it's a mutually beneficial like exchange mm-hmm. instead of me being like oh my god sick song Ugh, love this new Claypool album although I do say that but it's not my own time like, <laughs> okay. so sorry guys if you're listening hope you're not <laughs> but yeah that's awesome that you got to meet them because I just think that it's it's important for you to meet people you're not idols but people you respect and listen to and them not be dicks yeah yeah, yeah. I I always say they're like my heroes but they're really not like you know I've got they're they're rock or rock and roll heroes kind of thing like mm-hmm. I, I always I never want to say like oh they're my heroes because I've got so many other actual heroes like some of my co-workers and stuff like that so but I, I would get really nervous about, you know, meeting them ever again or anything like that. I mean, I guess they're kind of heroes, in a sense. Yeah. What about shows coming up? Are you on any... Mm. I know you were mentioning, like, oh, I don't know, Faith No More, but... Yeah. on your radar? There's... There's a few... Oh, um... Ministry is on tour... Uh, doing, I think, the 30th anniversary of The Mind is a Terrible Thing to Taste. And they've got KMFDM uh, from Germany and uh, Frontline Assembly from Vancouver. 
so an industrial show, and I think the closest they're coming is Boston. I don't think they're doing any Canadian dates. Maybe Toronto, I can't remember. So uh, I may go down to Boston to see that. Faith No More is playing with Helmet. Um, they're coming in as far as Toronto. Uh, but the only thing is, is the headliner is fucking Corn. Uh, and uh, I'm... I've seen I've seen corn and it's uh, not a huge fan. It's anymore. like the exchange though. It's like it's a different vibe. It's kind of like when I heard that Sum Forty One was opening for The Offspring. Right. Like. Yeah. Like it's not that fun. like I'm not trying to like they were cool when I yeah, was I don't in want to slag on I don't want to slag on corn or anything like, like that because I actually like their first two albums. I love their first two albums. But it's like when you're when you're like it's so it's it's just it's hard sometimes the exchange is hard sometimes I just yeah. I would pay extra just to not see an opening band sometimes yeah yeah but they're at the and I like early band. shows so it just gets me out of there and home earlier <laughs> as an old man I'm appreciating earlier and earlier earlier shows, shows are fucking sick they're huge yeah. advocates of earlier shows here at Strange Groups we're even trying to make them happen so yes. it's like, <laughs> you know. there is a there is actually a, a festival um, that I'm interested in seeing and, and I'm going to try it one day it's a three it's a three day fest being held at the La Sala Rosa in Montreal um, and it's called April's and there's probably oh there's got to be 15 to 20 bands playing including this uh, shoegaze music that is playing in the background Pray for Sound uh, but a friend of mine um, Sean Arsinian who is the singer and guitar player for Grace Sabatini he's got a new band called Cell Press so they're playing there's a band called uh, Gruber or Grieber I never figured out which. I've heard of them. Yeah, so they've both played, like both of those bands, Grape Sabatini and uh, Grieber, have played at the Sunstar Lounge, so you probably yeah, okay, were either there yeah. or you heard about them. And Grieber, or Grieber. Um, God, I miss the Sunstar. They, yeah, I do too. R.I.P. Sunstar. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> Sunstar. Cheers. Um, they're like this insanely loud band. Uh, they're bass and drums and that's it um, and you just the the amount of noise that these guys can make is insane so there's uh, a whole slew of bands playing there over the over the 9th 10th and 11th of April and I'm going to go up to see that um, okay, that sounds nice yeah I haven't figured out how much the tickets are or anything like that but it's it's you know I, I like to have a festival every summer to go to this one's happening in April I don't I haven't heard any word on if Rockfest is... That was the last time I went. I was with you. Yeah. No. <laughs> I haven't heard if they're playing or if they're even having a, another festival this year. Like, there's been no announcements or anything like that. So I'm kind of keeping my eye open for little small little shows that maybe down in Portland, Maine or yeah. in Montreal I can kind of scoot up to real quick at a last minute's notice if something kind of comes through. But I would love to see Faith No More. They're kind of a bucket list band. Yeah, go. Do it. Life's too short. Buy the concert tickets. Yeah. I might enjoy corn. Maybe they'll play some of their older stuff. Sometimes they do. Just check a set list, and if not, just like go an hour later. <laughs> That's what I did. I've done that more than once. When they played here, I think I like literally <laughs> I skipped disturbed. I forgot they played here. And then I went because I because Laura worked at the box office, so she got me free tickets. Right, she and I was did. like, "So I'm at corn. What's up?" Disturbed. But the sound was really the... bad, so I was just like, "Okay." I was like, "This is fine," and then I left. <laughs> I remember we were at um, McGill's, or was it, I think it was still Cougars at the time, 
and uh, I think it was myself and Liam Craig and a couple other guys having beer and Disturbed came in. Oh my and, god! And yes. they had they had this like fucking awesome. And they had like um, their sweaters kind of pulled up over their face, like no, they nobody didn't. would notice them, kind of thing. And, <laughs> uh, no, they did it, Doug. Yeah, they did. Oh and, my god! And. Um, <laughs> and so they, they were like kind of acting like of silence. they were kind of acting and so we kind of looked over and we're like what are these guys doing like and <laughs> I was like is that that's disturbed they just drew attention to they, themselves they drew They're attention to themselves by, by trying not sketchy. to yeah, by trying to act inconspicuous they were extremely conspicuous when the sheepdogs are they're like hey, hey we're having up? this what's up yeah. shots <laughs> yeah disturbed like yeah, they were acting kind of, they were acting like super super secretive and everything. We're and famous. I think, I, think uh, I I humped Corn's bus that night, or was it Disturbed bus? I think they came in separate buses. There was one parked outside of um, Market Square, and I humped it. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, that was in my humping days. It happens. Yeah. Hey, you weren't. I'm sure you weren't the first one. No, I'm sure. I love you, Disturbed. Yeah, I don't know. I heard Jonathan Davis has been kind of losing it the last couple months. He pissed himself on stage last month. Did he? Yeah. He's okay. On purpose? I don't know. It looked pretty weird, and they had to, like, haul him off stage, so the show was cut short. Really? So, je ne sais pas. So, check on that before you go. They might, hey, you never know, they might just slip somebody right in there. No. Disturbed. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they disturbed. come out, it's like the sound of silence Are you guys going to be seeing anything, like, other than the, maybe the Primus? Um, I'm, I'm going to Pearl Jam in March. Where's that? Quebec. Videotron. Really? Yeah. I've never seen It's on a Sunday. Um, and they're just like a really good fucking rock grand I've never seen them. So I think it would be a great show to go to. Um, and, um, the Oysterhead one looks pretty good, but other than that, no, nothing really kind of on my radar. I'm probably just going to stick to like some of the cottage shows this year, just stick close to home, but I'm always up to go to Portland. Because they have great shows. I really wish I'd gone to see David Byrne when he played a couple years ago. I didn't. Um, Should have. I didn't go see Steely Dan when he played in Maine either. I was a fucking idiot. I, I had tickets to go see Godspeed Black Emperor in um, Montreal in November. And I just didn't want to go walk around in the cold in Montreal. So I ended up missing the show. I've seen them before. And I was so stoked to see them. And I just totally pinned out on the show. And didn't yeah. make the trip up. Yeah. It was um, only 25 bucks, but I can't believe I missed out on them. They're one of my favorite bands. I just, I just could not see myself freezing my ass off in Montreal. Yeah. No, I mean, unless something like a rock fest or something like that happened, that was really, like, for under 200 bucks, mm. uh, you had a really good bang for your buck there. I've seen, sometimes I'll be on these shows talking about things, and I'm like, holy shit, I've actually seen that band. And I feel, I don't know what the word is, but almost, like, guilty. Because maybe I didn't fully take it in because I was just taking and consuming and... That's me with the Tragically Hip. I didn't appreciate it when I saw them. And then in yeah. hindsight, I'm like, well, well, damn. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I remember I went to Lollapalooza in 1995. And that had Sonic Youth, Cypress Hill, Beck, Hole. Like a lot of really cool... Yeah. Like Sonic Youth was awesome. But... Um, there was this band that played earlier in the day and they were good and they were super amusing. Like this, this lead singer was crowd surfing, like the, for entire songs, not just kind of jumping into the 
the pit and then having them pass him back out. He would spend the entire song out there singing, floating around. It turns out this band's the Jesus Lizard, and okay. they're one of my all-time favorite bands now, and I had no idea anything about them at the time, so it's like, I can't believe I actually saw them kind of in their heyday, like, yeah. um, and I never really appreciated them until... Yeah, you know, the festivals that do it, they do it pretty ago. well. I don't mind when they actually do it pretty well. I've never been interested in like O'Shea or anything like that, no. but um, or Heavy Montreal. But Rockfest has always been pretty good, um, and really anything in Portland, whether it's outdoors or inside, are usually really good shows. I've seen like most of my favorite bands in Portland. Yeah, Heavy MTL's not even playing this year. Yeah, yeah. I heard the kid I was canceled. They canceled it. Uh, I know Ramstein's playing <laughs> this summer. And in that park, Jan de Poe. And I know Laura saw them last year. She said like she could feel their pyrotechnics on her face up in like the. Oh, I, the I saw plane. them at uh, like, at Rockfest. I couldn't have been like, wow. It was. I actually was going to miss them because I I don't really have a huge yeah. love for. I mean, I had I had their first album, Sunshine. Or I don't even know if that's their first album or not. I I have no idea. Um, wasn't a huge fan, so I was like, I was just gonna go see like a smaller punk band at a different stage and uh Jildo she's like no you have to go see this with me like come see this you're gonna hate yourself if you miss it and I am so glad I went to see it the pyrotechnics are ridiculous yeah, they're crazy yeah ridiculous and no wonder the festival tanked after that like <laughs> they blew they blew their budget on on fire no seriously <laughs> they, though like they had their fire shooting out of their insane. faces they had, just, they had fire yeah. shooting out of everything it's, like they're insane that production I heard yeah. they wanted I heard they travel around with a tank so yeah there you go yeah I I would go see them again just on just on that just for the pyrotechnics it's it's so cool to see yeah so um, and I know the only other thing I'm waiting to hear is uh, the the announcement for the um, the Quebec City Music Festival. So like the one that Rage is playing at. Yeah. So they haven't. I don't think they've announced they anything did. else yet. They did or they didn't. What do you mean? And what what else? The Festival d'été. So it's like it's like that two week festival. Right. Where it's just... Was it was it the Ottawa Blues Fest they put out then? Yeah, it was I think it was the Ottawa's Blues Fest, which because that's the one Rage is playing at. Yeah. Hmm. I will have to look it up. Um, yeah, because like that's the one like Alanis Morissette's playing and Boys to Men and like Ooh. I will always love it's the right Ottawa Blues Fest lineup. It's always like so much right, like they <laughs> so much random dope acts. Like yeah, just so like Ottawa Blues Fest. Yeah, Rage Against the Machine, Blink One Eighty Two, Alanis Morissette, The National, Garbage, the National. Blue Rodeo, Headstones. July talk. I honestly, you guys might make fun of me. I would go for Rage, Alanis, Nelly, and Travis Tritt in a fucking heartbeat. Like, Nelly. I've been trying to see Travis Tritt for years, and every time he comes here, they sell out enough to do a second show that sells out. I try to go on, like, the discussion, be like, does anybody have a spare ticket? Like, no. People love Travis Tritt around here. They love him. So if you can go see him at, like, Ottawa Blues Fest, some, some country people might knock your block off to get a better seat. That's all I'm saying. That's the Tritsters are aggressive. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't be able to tell you one Travis Tritt song. 
Well, here's a quarter. Call someone who cares. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. And they keep on coming. <laughs> all of his songs are good. All of them. And they're they're real. Some people are like, I don't I'll like country. I'll put them on my Spotify. I don't like whatever. But then it's just like, it's, you know, he's good country. He writes some things that just, oh, they get you. That's and right then they here. make you want to drink and party with your friends. Little, like, better than Garth Brooks. I'm going to go out with Sean tonight, and I'm going to drop a Travis Tritt song on my phone, and I'm going to see how much we drink. Yeah. yeah. Um, the whiskey ain't working anymore with Marty okay. Stewart. Yeah. You'll love it. All right. You'll Fair. love it. Or Trouble. They spell it out in the song. Oh, it's pretty good. I'll let you know how it goes tomorrow. Okay. okay. I want a video. We want video proof. For this podcast. Or it didn't happen. Or it didn't happen. <laughs> right, fair enough. Don't lie. <laughs> Tritsters. <laughs> yeah, I made that up, but I just kind of figured it's probably very accurate. That's probably... that's They're probably called that somewhere. Should probably make t-shirts and sell them outside the casino when he plays. Is he playing the casino? Yeah. Two nights. Monthly casino? Yeah. Oh. Sold it. God damn it. Like eight months in advance, so it's just... Shame. Shirley, are you sure you want to go? Like, I'll take them. It's well, pretty Karen. late. It doesn't get over to like 10.35. No. There's no returns. No. That's okay, though. It's kind of like the Oysterhead shows. They Everything's like, you gotta apply for tickets. And then they're like, oh, here's a lottery. You might have gotten tickets. So, it's like going to shows now is like, almost easier to just couch surf and stream them on your TV with snacks and drinks and then just woo. And it feels like you're there. You go to your own clean bathroom. It's awesome. Yeah. It's actually quite great. Clean bathrooms are important now. I've, I've noticed. I usually, when I go to a show, I do VIP. Just to have a clean washroom. Mm. And that less lines. Yeah, less lines, clean washroom. It's never for... Or like, you can avoid the washroom altogether. Like, uh, this would have been second year Rockfest. Because the first year of Rockfest, we didn't know. We were, we were all big, huge, massive festival virgins. Like, we weren't used to 250,000 people with, like, 800 Porter Johns. That was the year of the Lake of Piss. It yeah. was literally a Lake of Piss. Oh! You can Google it. This there's, is why like, I don't go to festivals. <laughs> Where's, and the like, Porter Lake Johns of were Piss? So full. The Porter Johns were so full after the day, and they weren't cleaned. Oh. So I was horrified so the next year I went, I ate nothing but cheese pizzas. So I would bind myself up so I wouldn't have to go to the bathroom. Is so, that why I feel the way I feel all the time? Cheese Wait, pizzas. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Oh, yeah. So that's that's how I avoided uh, using the porter chons, was I just stuffed myself full of cheese pizza. And then I, I was extremely uncomfortable for about a week afterwards, but... It helps. Worth it. it was, oh, it's totally worth it. Hacks. I suppose I could have gone to the VIP. I could have done VIP, but yeah, there's things that like you should definitely always tra- talk to someone that's been to the festival before. Like, put a call out or something. Yeah. What would you like? What's your guide? Like, you'd like a... bring a hat because there's no shade. <laughs> Rubber boots. Yeah. Just hat. so you can go through the lake of piss. I Not have. necessarily. I, I didn't walk through the middle of the lake of piss. Well, no, but like the fact that there was one is just. Oh yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Built the house. There was. Well, they had introduced these really interesting urinals where they looked like phone booths, uh, and there was like three. They they just looked like big yellow cones that you could walk up to and pee in, and there was like three to each cone. So. And it was, they were overflowing, and it just kind of went downhill and created this cesspool. 
It was a conversation killer, wasn't it? No, no. No, I'm just, just thinking, thinking about, about it. it. Yeah, I'm no. just like... It was like when it rained at Rockfest. This is Kate's like, yeah. you should come to Rockfest. We just got like everything set up and it just started like torrentially mm-hmm. downpouring. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I remember like and Ross we pre- waking up the next day and his tent was completely like fallen <laughs> his on feet him. were just hanging out. Just, I have a picture of it and he's out of his tent and it's completely like on him and there's just like water everywhere and he's I was just like Ross I was like come here buddy like get out of there you poor guy like oh my fuck yeah because we were right along the side of that shed and it was and it, we, we should have known because it was so mossy like we thought it was comfortable to sleep on there's like this much like, shade and we're all just like up against the fence yeah I've got all a lot of pictures of yeah <laughs> plus 32 I've got a lot of pictures of that that was a, that was a fun year that honestly was the, that was the 10th anniversary Andy from The Office says a quote that I might even tear up saying it again, but he says, I wish you knew you're in the good days when you're in them. Mm. And when I think back to my favorite like times in life, it's probably going to Rockfest with all of you guys. And yeah. like like two, three years in a row, just like having something and like knowing about it and like putting all your efforts into it and like having those memories. When I think back now, they're some of the most favorite memories I have. And, like, all those friendships are still ones that I have and still nurture, even if, like, even if we don't talk every single day. Like, I can send you a message and come right over. And, like, Lori's in Calgary. You just kind of keep, yeah, you just kind of start up where you left off and nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing what happens when you have little experiences like that. Like, I've got a few friends like that. You just kind of pick up where you left off and you haven't lost any time. That's kind of what we found since we started the podcast is like, there's so many different ways, different media, uh, ways that people can connect now, but we're finding it's pretty lonely sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, everybody's going through like some pretty severe struggles and then ultimately really great like successes sometimes in the same, same day. day, same hour. And like, it's really hard to deal with it. Or if you're dealing with like grief or anything like that, it's, it's, it's a lot. And so when you start like, we have uh, a creator today, Owen, just put out his first post. And it was honestly one of our favorite things we've ever put out because it's just, if you read it, it's basically him just talking about how he started with his love of music and then it kind of started going through like college and he started like getting friends because he was pretty lonely in school and stuff. And, you know, that's when he really started to become a person is through his love of music. And then through life and having children and things, you, st- you stop allocating time to go to those concerts or hanging out with those friends because there's always something else to be doing. Mm-hmm. Or self-care you should be doing. You should be relaxing or in a bathtub with essential oils or something. Do you know what I mean? And so, like, people yeah, stop doing I gave what up they my essential oil bath time for this. You, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Namaste. Um, but it's, it's my kind skin of, is so dry. <laughs> it's cold. We'll, we'll help you with Lizzo. We'll help you with oils. Yeah. Don't worry. Cold and dry. But yeah, I think like that's our favorite part about it. It's like, there's a lot of us that don't want to just come out after work on a Monday night. We want to just go home and just do whatever and deal with our own, you know, stuff, listen to our own things with just other to people. Decompress. But it's nice to go and have a conversation with somebody that you know and, or don't know and can like meet and talk about stuff that. Like, we probably learned about 10 new bands that we'll probably go put on the playlist and then start getting everybody to listen to. Oh, yeah. So it's a way to keep everybody connected through music as well as, like, sharing it. 
so Owen's son, Adam, is coming out with his first post, and I think Adam's 15? Yeah. 13, 13, 14, something like that. I don't know. I'm wrong. You'll have to let me know if you're listening. But his first post comes out tomorrow about um, going to his first concert this summer with Owen at the Arkells. And now they've been going to shows like every couple of weeks. Blue Rodeo, David Miles, City in Color. Like, they go everywhere. They're going to see Rage Against the Machine. Sweet. So he's just taking them kind of to everything. And I just think, like, it's really important, especially when you're that age, for someone to nurture your love of music. If, especially if you didn't have it and you didn't have the internet to do it for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like my... Um, I remember the day that music kind of became really, really important to me. We were driving in a, a sob. 1984 uh, Saab 900 it was powder blue it was the ugliest car I've ever driven in and it, I even remember the name of the stereo it was a blow punk stereo and I remember Matt Seeley threw in a tape um, and I remember going what the fuck is this this isn't like anything I've ever heard before kind of thing it was like an off kilter um, album and I remember I still have the album it's one of the ones that I picked out so we can I can show you guys here in a little bit um but I remember the day. I remember exactly where we were driving. We were outside the Kenvelt Co-op out in Quispam Sis in like 91, 92. And that's kind of when punk broke for me. Like everything just kind of went sideways. So I stopped listening to Public Enemy and <laughs> started listening. Yeah. Which was cool that I was listening to Public Enemy when I was young, I guess. Uh, I thought it was great. But I kind of went veered off into the into the punk and rock and roll and everything like that that day never looked back I think I listened to Mr. Bungle the same day that I think that was on the, the mixtape that he popped yeah. in yeah yeah I like when that happens like that's kind of what happened as soon as I listened to Primus I was like what is this mm, I remember hearing, Matt showed me Primus too like, and I was just like okay I was like here we go and then I just remember like Normally what happens if I hear something, it's pretty rare that I like something enough where I like my ear turns to it and I'm like, okay, what is this? And I go hard or else I don't, I don't adopt it. Mm. Yeah. It has to grab me by the throat within the first few seconds, yeah. like a, like a good hook or, yeah. you know, something that doesn't sound like everything else. Cause it is disappointing when you hear something and it's super dope and then you're like, I wonder if it's going to be right. Good. The rest of the album. And then you, you're kind of let down, but you still have that one song on like your Spotify because it like rocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. happens quite a bit, but I do like I do like having those kind of platforms for discovering other music because it's a great algorithm for finding. Like I found some really great bands through just bands I've listened to and then being liked underneath of it. Yeah, so same. like my some of my favorite bands ever I found through YouTube. Right, You'll I love them. all formats. Yeah, of yeah. sharing they all music. Have, yeah. I don't shit on any method yeah. I just, no I, I I get sucked into some pretty deep Spotify wormholes yeah uh, I think I just added probably three gig worth of music in the last week just keep going down like oh this band I've never heard of like and it's like I can't believe I've never heard of this band or you know I've heard of them but I can't believe I never paid attention to them or checked them out like yeah I've missed out on so many years of you know joy uh, and then you oh then there's ten other bands that right you, yeah that you may like kind of thing so that's what I've been doing lately. I've been getting really sucked into my Spotify and then trying to find the physical copies of the... What it is, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and that's super difficult. Yeah, I kind of just did that with the Young Gun Silver Fox. Yeah. <laughs> and it's pretty cool because I it's reached... It's a great out, name. Yeah, yeah. and I, I reached out to them and was like, hey, like, 
I love this. I sent a little video of me like listening to the tunes, and now I just every couple days uh, chat them up, and so they agreed to do an interview with us. Oh, sweet! Yeah, that's so, gonna be exciting. And like they've worked with like Hall and Oates, Amy Winehouse, like all of Prince's producing team. Like oh. they've got some pretty crazy accolades in their back pocket that I didn't realize. But um, there's a video called "If Steely Dan and the Doobie Brothers Had a Baby, It Would Be Young Gun Silver Fox." <laughs> so you can tell why I love them. They're pretty much just like the '70s wrapped in one. Like they're they're great. You do you do love your Steely Dan? God, yes. But the tickets are just too expensive. So, sorry, <laughs> Steely Dan was supposed to be my concert this year, but they're unless I go to Boston or like like going to Toronto. It's at a show, and if it rains, it's canceled. And tickets are four hundred dollars for the seats I want. Four hundred dollars. So it's like if I go. Do, like, do you know what I mean? It's like if I if I go, I want to I want to sit in like the first few rows. I, I I don't mind spending money on the ticket, but like in Toronto, it's an outdoor amphitheater, so oh, yeah. you don't want it to be like a gamble, like playing like you know roulette I mean? with your concert. But like then when, that, like going to Boston or going to a place like let's say where maybe I don't know or never been, it's a little bit harder. So I'm I'm like. Uh, somebody offered me a ticket to see Primus in Montana, and I was like, oh, I've never been to Montana. I'm not doing that. But then at the same time, I'm like, I should do that. I should go. I should go to the main one. I should go to the Oysterhead show in California. I should go and do these things, right? But I think it's just a matter of, like, it being logistically realistic about actually going and enjoying yourself. Mm. Like, we saw Fleetwood Mac in October, and that was awesome. We saw them, like, four or five rows back, rows back awesome. from the front. She was right there. Just like... Yeah. <laughs> Undulating. Yeah. With Being all the shawls and right? tambourines. And it's like, if you're going to go see your favorite bands like that, you don't want to be way up in the nosebleeds looking at a screen. Right? Yeah. So, if I'm going to go and see the Dan, I want to go and... Yeah, that's like me with the Pixies. I, I've been lucky enough to be, like, almost front row four, four times now. Yeah. Just... Just lucking out, like walking yeah. into the venue, like why is nobody approaching the gate? You know, so you just saunter up and yeah, and then you're just right there. Yeah, you can. It's a totally different experience. Like, and I remember uh, talking about seeing the Pixies play here in Moncton. Actually, they played at the casino, and Greg Carter was living out in Vancouver. Well he went to see the show in Vancouver and he was in a festival or basically a festival ground or an arena and he was way at the back and he couldn't even see you know what they looked like they were so far away and it was the same show and I actually got to see them yeah, was from me to you away right? yeah yeah, well, that was like we had friends that were sitting up in the high section at Fleetwood Mac and they were like yeah, we probably wouldn't get those seats again yeah but it is what it is right. okay, I want to see some of your records okay I want to see them. So, like I said, some gonna... of your faves. Okay, so I grabbed. I showed you the first record I ever bought. Uh, I suppose I could just. These are a couple that I have on like high rotation in the past little while. So, New Pixies came out last year. Beneath the Eerie, they're not really reinventing the wheel or anything like that, but it's definitely a Pixies album. Um, and I always talk about these guys, the great Sabatini. So they're from Montreal. Um, they're kind of slowing down for a couple years, uh, mostly because they're 
old like me and they've been starting families and whatnot but these guys have been going on for about 13 or 14 years they've put out five five-ish albums super loud sludgy right up my alley and they're really good guys really really good guys this album came out in 2018 called Goodbye Audio so I plugged these guys hard like I had a radio show that was just basically all Sabatini um, let them take over so if any and you can get this I think still at um, Backstreet and I think they have a couple copies at Second Spin so if anybody ever wants like a good heavy heavy album that's Canadian I suggest these guys and then you can kind of go in the wormhole because there's tons of tons and tons of bands that kind of they are uh, influenced by I've played this for you before yes you have The Haze Hazel Atkins this album I remember uh, Greg Carter and Andrew Holmes so Scrud and Winger they had a huge collection of um, records and this one record they threw on and it really grabbed me so back in the 50s when everybody was singing about sunshine and lollipops and holding each other's hands and falling in love and all this other stuff uh, this dude Hazel Atkins was singing about cutting girls heads off because they were eating too many hot dogs uh, super weird uh, he's a okay. one yeah he's a, he's a one man band uh, he's super prolific. I think he wrote in his career like over 1,500 songs. Oh, wow. And he, every time he cut a single, he would send a copy of it to the president. He was insane. This guy was literally insane. He was, he, um, he's a one-man band, so he played guitar and played drums all by, like, at the same time. His music's, like, always off-kilter. He's got this really, really odd voice. All of his songs are strange. Uh, he invented a dance called The Hunch. Um, and he, he was kind of a holy terror even on and off the stage so he would get drunk and uh, at a local bar and the cops would pick him up and drive him to jail but on the way to jail they would stop off at his place and pick up his guitar so he could play music for them in jail so Hazel Atkins is a kind of a constant play for me the reason I brought Greg and Winger into this they were the guys that kind of brought me back into nerding out about music mm-hmm. so Matt Seeley and Sean and Sean Moyer Sean and I that's how Sean and I became close friends is because we talked music and we had a lot of similar interests but Scrud and Winger kind of got me into the vinyl side of things yeah because I thought I knew a fair amount about music and then when I heard those guys talking, like the minutia that they could talk about, like, oh, well, so-and-so was on this album and it was from that year and so-and-so recorded it. It was way beyond. Very granular. It was yeah. way, way beyond anything that I knew. So it, I felt useless <laughs> in the conversation and I thought I knew something about music. So I started buying you know, buy on records and, and then going on some of their, their suggestions and everything like that. And with vinyl, you literally, you're committed to listening to the album, of course. I mean, I'm sure people have said this, this is your 74th show. This isn't the first time somebody says when you put on a vinyl, you're, you're committed to listening to it. So you sit down because you can't get away from it too far because you got to switch sides. So you're reading the liner notes and you're seeing who recorded it and you're reading the stories and you get to, you know, actually touch the album and look at the pictures and really get absorbed into the album 
so this was one of the the albums that we listened to a lot there. So this one's really important to me because it kind of led to this. Yeah, that's kind of... I like how that unfolded. Yeah. And another... This is probably one of my favorite albums of all times. This is the most expensive album I've ever picked up. It's forty four ninety nine. Yeah. It's a, it's a really, I won't buy it because it hits over my 40 it was, it was. This was over my budget. And it was only 40 bucks. Um... Angel Dust, Faith No More, one of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, it really kind of turned metal on its ear. It's not really a, it's not really a metal album because there's actual singing. You can understand all the words. There's keyboards in it. Um, it's one of the most. I think it's one of the most influential albums of the '90s. Um, because there's a lot of bands that kind of came out afterwards and kind of emulated this. And this is, like I said, the most expensive record that I have. I, yeah. It was 40 some dollars. I'll never pay another. I'm not that kind of record collector. I've got a couple others here. I'll show you the two albums that I am to be buried with. Sean and everybody else knows that I have two albums, so... Uh, the day I was driving in a Saab 900 uh, with Matt Seeley in 1991 or 92 in front of the Kennebec Co-op, we were listening to these two albums. This was SNFU's Last of the Big Time Suspenders. It's a compilation of B-sides on one side, and it's a live album on the other side. Mr. Chai Pig himself doesn't own this album. So, so he told me uh, one night we were drinking beer. Uh, it's a kind of bone of contention with a lot of SNFU fans. Like a lot of people say, like, "Oh, what's your favorite one?" Like a no, no one else wanted to play, or something green and leafy. This way it comes. This is my favorite album, just because it's what hit me. I listened to this album uh, either in tape or CD or vinyl format, probably once a week since I first heard it hmm. um, in. 91 or 92. It's one of the most important uh, Canadian punk bands that has ever come out. They're kind of defunct now, so if you ever want to dive into SNFU, I always suggest this is the one because the live album, you can hear the actual energy of the band, and the B-sides are fantastic. Uh, and a few people know that this album doesn't get sold when I die. It doesn't go get curated and go to a second-hand shop or anything. This, this gets buried with me. And the other one that gets buried with me is this, uh, Fugazi, 13 Songs. It was uh, also a compilation. There was uh, seven songs and then uh, six songs, two EPs, so they put them together. The opening song on this is what uh, changed my trajectory as to what I was listening to for the rest of my life. This is another album that I listen to probably once a week. Um, I'll play it for you after the after the show. You can listen to it or you can you can plug it. Um, uh, Fugazi is one of my all time favorite uh, bands, if not my favorite band or SNFU. So both of those albums get buried with me. <laughs> I love that I get buried with. I should replace the desert island. That's with what this I was. Question. Well, that's yeah. It's like it's, it's so cheesy. Like, oh, what would you if you were stuck on a desert island? Yeah. Like those would those would be it. Like I can literally listen to those. Um, 
constantly, constantly. What's your third one then? I always tell people every time I ask it, Uh, I always say choose three. So what's your third one? That's excellent. It's going to be, I really like, uh, I really like Angel Dust by Faith No More, but I don't know. Uh, It might be this. Wrong by No Means No. Another Canadian punk band. Uh, these guys, um, I hated when I first listened to them. I didn't understand the, uh, I thought punk music was supposed to be really loud and fast and grab you by the throat and it's oi, 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 and you hate everything. Uh, no Means No are a hardcore band that is mostly bass driven and their lyrics are dark, funny, Drumming's fantastic. Guitar work is amazing. This is their, to, in my mind, it's one of their their best works. I think this might be the other album that I would bring with me on a desert island if if we were going to go down the desert island. Uh, I ask it every pretty, pretty much every episode yeah, because it always so breaks. I don't know if I'd be buried with it, but I wouldn't mind having it with on an right. <laughs> if I were stuck on an island. Um, I'd have to think about what my third one would be. It would probably be a No Means No album. Right. Um, but all their stuff is so great. So Wrong by No Means No. Another very, very frequently played album here in my house. And I thought, I've got a couple of... This is a neat SNFU uh, thing. This is the only thing where I've actually really nerded out with, with records. Like some people have like multiple copies of the White Album by the Beatles. Like I've got thirty-seven of them. Oh, oh let's go try and find another rumors. one. Yeah. yeah, or you know, like Steely I, Dan's I, I, the I've Royal got six. Scam. I've got six. I've got six Steely Dan's. Yeah. So I, the only time I've ever uh, nerded right out and bought like like I have copies of things on tape I have things copies on CD and, and records and like that you know I thought this would be kind of fun to show you guys so this is the album uh, and no one else wanted to play by SNFU this is actually a famous photograph um, a kid holding a, a grenade for those of you that are actually hearing this in the uh, in the podcast form and not seeing pictures of it uh, and it was a famous photograph and the band used it and then release the album, not thinking that a small band from Canada was going to get a cease and desist order from the people, like the family of the photographer. So they had to switch the actual cover. So this is the actual cover that wound up. Um, so I have both. I could see why you'd want both. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, I want both. This is a, it's it's literally the it's same. It's like that Leonard Skinner album you yeah. have. Yeah, there's also the, like the. Beatles. I was like, it's exactly yeah. like that. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same album. It's, yeah, it, nothing's changed on it. But at it's all. history, it out, right? Yeah, it's important to be able to differentiate yeah. it. It came out in '84, and there's a there's a documentary about uh, Mr. Chai Pig, who painted that pig over there. Oh, nice. Um, he uh, he was. The documentary is called Open Your Mouth and Say Chai Pick. And uh, he tells a little story about this. And he couldn't believe that they got a cease and desist because they just never thought in a million years that this small little punk man would ever get big enough for, uh, right. for them to get in trouble with uh, copyright infringement. Maybe well, one day we'll get in trouble for copyright. Maybe we'll get that big. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, you Maybe. never know. Yeah. So those are the ones I picked out. You 
Oh. No, that's very, yes, thank you. And then we can dig through. Yeah, as I'll, we, I'll uh, take some photos of that for you guys who are listening. Oh, yeah, it's fun. And this is also nice that you guys came over because it, it did give me an excuse to um, alphabetize because the last time I've been, uh, the last time I went to the five and nine were the last couple of times, I've been just literally grabbing stacks of records and going down and DJing and right. I'm not putting them back where they belong. Oh. So this has actually given me reason to take them all off the shelf and re-alphabetize. We're happy to help. Yeah. <laughs> or I could try and do the, like, the high fidelity thing where it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to, file them autobiographically autobiographically <laughs> yeah yeah thing is though with that like you spend so much time putting them in alphabetical order and then if they get out of order you're just like Fuck well it. yeah, these, point, yeah like. these are like so <laughs> these are so bad like so out of joint like um I will probably spend a good portion of the day tomorrow to uh to fix this taking a peek oh, a yeah. strange peek a strange peak. I guess so. I know you've got, you've become more selective on with the records that you do purchase. Are there any on your want list, or is there any that you're looking for right now? Um, I am always on the hunt for no means no stuff. Um, Noted. Always on the hunt for no means stuff. I wound up. Uh, I have. I have some. Com- I actually did buy a CD in the mail. That's that's. It should be here tomorrow. It's another uh, no means no thing. <laughs> And it's an album that I got rid of when I was younger on tape because I hated it because I didn't understand it. Right. Because I was like, this is supposed to be loud and angry. And it was just like this really I just wondered who I found the specials out from. It was you. The specials? Yeah, it was you because that was the record that I... Uh, love me That you lent, you lent me, I remember. And uh, I always wondered who, who it was. Yeah, Primus, hey. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah the Primus rap. Um... What else am I always looking for? There's a band called The Killing Joke. Um, I've been kind of getting into um, gothy, <laughs> gothy music again, like Bauhaus and uh, the Jesus and Mary Chain and uh, a few other bands like Slow Dive. Always have a, a soft spot for uh, Godspeed You Black Emperor and bands like Mugwai. Um, but there's a there is a band that I've been kind of wanting to get more into and they're called Killing Joke and they've been around a million years and they're kind of industrial kind of goth they're not easy to find around St. John I've only ever found two two albums right. uh, and I'm always keeping an eye open for something like that um, I, yeah I don't have anything kind of as a like a like a wish list or a want list like I, I know it when I saw it Right. Yeah. I just never go in with a specific thing because I don't like being dismissed. I'm going to go find myself a, a fr- an original pressing of such and such an album, and it's right. knowing yeah. full well I'm not going to find it. I just like yeah. being surprised, like, oh, cool! I found I found this record. This is awesome. Or I yeah, found this CD, um, and uh, I, the only time I know full well I'm going to be buying an album is when I go to a live band. Yeah. Like yeah. local band, like like BA Johnson. I know full well every time BA comes out with something, he comes touring through. I'm going home with a record. Like yeah. I know, I know I'm going to be buying something. Or bands like Cousins, or there was a band from Halifax called Dog Day, uh, who I really really like a lot. Um, and every time they came through, I just knew full well I'd be grabbing a record because you're not going to find them anywhere else. No, you know no. they're not going to be at 
no. they're not going to be at the stores and, and and a lot of times they didn't even wind up in like Backstreet like they were just kind of limited pressings you know yeah yeah well, thank you so much, Doug, for having us over. I feel like we need to do a part yeah, two. Yeah, there's, there's going to there's be... like, this episode... Well, I, I already prefaced it with that we would do a quick one, but then he's going to have more in the Strange Cruise, so he doesn't know it yet. He sort of does. Yeah, I'll do it. For everyone one, listening for sure. and for this Doug in the room. Yeah, <laughs> You all will be piece. unfolding new things in the future. <laughs> yeah, this was fun. We'd do this again for sure. Absolutely. But until next time, keep it strange. Keep it strange, kids. If you've enjoyed this, then you have to hit strangegrooves.com for more amazing content. To support this podcast and music community, go to patreon.com slash strangegrooves. As always, keep it strange.